Hi, this is Sean Clinch, the host of Stories Inside the Man Cave podcast. And we really appreciate you being so loyal of a listener and continuing to download each episode of our podcast and sharing it with your friends on social media. Of course, word of mouth is always the best way to promote something like this. And if you're interested in sponsoring a piece of the middle segment, maybe promote your business, shoot me a direct message to at Stories Man Cave and we can make those arrangements. Or if you have a nonprofit organization you would love for us to promote, send that information as well to at Stories Man Cave on our Twitter site. As for the next episode, let's ride. Wake your ass up or take a damn nap. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. It's time. You were t- I mean, Sean, you were twerking. That's going to happen. <laughs> Murph, don't be a dick all your life. It's uh, one, of, one of the more fun podcasts I've ever done. Hey, I'll tell you what. If you're not talking about sports in the man cave, you... No, I bet not. So you're not a man. That's it. <laughs> Well, that pretty much gives away the theme for episode 64. We got a NOLA theme up in the man cave today. New Orleans natives, New Orleans uh, legends, as in Drew Brees, Big Ball, Big Hardball Harge, and Big Mike. I just called you Big Ball. You guys are in the basement. (laughs) The basement of Cover 3. Beautiful background. So, real quick, before we make the transition to our VIP, Drew Brees, what's your take? 20-plus years, great career, Westlake native. How he called it quits, that was legendary in itself. As you, as, as a father, as a parent, and being someone who will talk to our guests so she can have a little background too, but as a professional athlete, you're never at home. You are always on the road. And watching your kids grow up, and like you'll go somewhere, and then all of a sudden you come back and your kid is like, three more inches taller. And for me, when I was playing, it changed my life when I saw my son was getting older. And you realize those moments you'll never get back. And Drew's gonna be able to do some other things. So as a parent and having his kids announce his retirement was something that he went out on his own. No one told him, hey Drew, you can't do this anymore shut it down. They were still waiting. They gave him the time to come back. And as an athlete, the one thing you, 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 you're scared of is when they tell you, you can't do this anymore. So for him to be able to walk away in that situation on his own to say, I'm gone and do it the way he wanted to, that was outstanding. Now, the only problem that I have with it is He's not actually going to be at home. He's going to be doing games, so he's not even going to be at home. He's going to be doing other stuff, but he does get a chance to go watch his kids play baseball, basketball, football, whatever they're going to do, and get to be a dad. And Mike, you can talk about it because you're about to be a father. Um, You don't know yet. You have visions of what you want, but once it happens, you're going to be like, 
damn, I don't want to miss anything. 6'5 athlete. That's what we're rooting for. <laughs> Maybe a lefty and a righty. <laughs> Ampidextrian. You know, a little like, throw 99 and, and has a nice curve and can also hit one out of the ballpark. I think our guests will be able to, to yeah. uh, relate to that. I think it's, it's cool, man. I think he – listen, he's had a great career. Um, he had, I think, I mean, he did really well to the very last, uh, let's just be honest, last. Go ahead, man. Go ahead, man. You good? My bad, my bad. Sorry. Sorry. First time we've been together in a long time. I mean, I miss you. I mean, Hodge <laughs> over here jangling and jangling. I'm just jangling. Uh, no, I mean, you know, up until last year and then the whole, the whole kneeling and the flag and he, he kind of came across some flack. Um, and so, I mean, I wonder if by retiring the year after that, you know, is, did he do enough to not, be remembered for some of that because I think a lot of people are going to remember like towards the end of what he did. Now, people in New Orleans, Nola, Mambos had my bachelor party in New Orleans. We're going to talk. Um, wild, it's so much fun. <laughs> but I mean, he's a legend there. He brought them a championship. He was there right after Katrina, and and he'll be in the New Orleans native to the end of time. Immortalized uh, there. Maybe we can get him some, you know, QB one Westlake hats. Down the road, if anyone has any connections with that, that'd be great. But uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what he's got going on in the future. I do, too. And that's uh, the best transition to introduce our VIP guest. Uh, we've been a friend for about, oh, my gosh. Are we going on five years? More than that. Five, four, or five? Um, you can call her Dr. Katie Russell Newland. I just call her Katie. But uh, she is uh, quite an accomplished young lady um and if you want to talk to us maybe tag her ask questions on twitter at stories man cave and the reason why we opened up with drew Brees because katie is a nola native and the reason she's on the show is because uh her book is about to go nationwide and it's quite a story it's one that i've gravitated gravitated to since the moment i met you and got to know you but tell your connection Growing up in New Orleans, how devoted of a Saints fan you are, because I like Hard said, I don't think people really understand what he, that being Drew Brees, has done for New Orleans, unless you're part of the fabric there. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. It's our um, pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, growing up in New Orleans, I've always been a Saints fan. I grew up across the street from the Mannings and Archie, obviously. Um, and we were always called the Aints. So <laughs> we definitely had a history of being the underdog. And um, I think that in the era of Breeze, we finally made our way to people's TV screens and into people's hearts. And it was largely in part um, because of Drew Breeze. And I think even more important is when he came. It was a time when the city was really down and out after Katrina and so many people hurting, so much devastation. And he really lifted the spirits of the entire city. And I think it speaks to the power of sports and to the power of um, a person having the ability to really move an entire um, community. So I know he'll be remembered for what he did on the field um, and all his records, but to many New Orleanians, he'll be remembered for what he did for our community. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I am curious to that. 
because everybody always talks about doing something for their community. Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. But until you actually go out there and put, as they like to say, puts the put the boots to the ground and give themselves an opportunity to do so. Um, as someone from New Orleans that obviously, you know, the struggles of the city, you know, the good times, you know, the bad times. What exactly is it that he means to the city? Like what, so people can get a better understanding those from different walks of life and those from different parts of the country that don't really know what Drew has actually done. What does that mean to, the, to someone like yourself who's from there that's seen the ups and the downs of the city? Sure, well, I think that um, he's definitely um, put his money where his mouth is. He's invested in um, restaurants and organizations in New Orleans. Right. I think he can he could put his money anywhere, but he puts it into New Orleans chains and things like that. Um, he had you know, donated a lot of money to covid relief, which has been really important to the city of New Orleans in particular. Um, so I think that's one big thing um, that he does. I think the also in the investment of um, parks like playgrounds for kids, I think it spans just um, you know, younger people to older people. I think he's, he's definitely put his money where his, his mouth is. So I think that's one big um, part that you can see um, and something that's tangible um, for people to notice. But I also think just living right in the heart of New Orleans and interacting with community and, and stopping to talk to people. And I think that's also maybe goes even deeper than you know, the, the funding he's provided to people and, and the city. Big Mike. Go ahead, guys. No, okay. Love this guy. Sometimes you gotta go, go tinkle and <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're, we're talking about like Katie, you in New Orleans, right? Yeah. Because she 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 understands what Drew is all about. And that's why and being a, what do you call it? New what did you call it earlier? New Orleans? What did you call it? New Orleanians, yeah. New Orleans. New Orleanians. You know what it's about. My mom lives in Louisiana. She lives oh. in uh Mermintaw. So we go there quite a bit. Jennings is actually where it is, but you know those small little towns out there. My mom's lived there for a long time. So she is a my sisters are huge Saints fans and they were really heartbroken. When that happened, they give me crap every time because I'm a Cowboys fan and they, they just <laughs> love going after me. And there was that one time I thought Drew Brees was going to be a Dallas Cowboy. I thought for sure they were going to take that opportunity to go after him when he was leaving San Diego and Miami didn't want him. I was like, Cowboys need to go after this dude and you got him. So congratulations on that. Yeah. So, where, so Katie, where do the Saints go next? Is it Teddy Bridgewater? Or do you think they're going to bring, or is it Taysom Hill? Or do you think, who do you think they bring in next? Well, Teddy's in Carolina, so it's not him. I'm not Teddy, um, Jameis, I'm but, sorry. But Jameis Winston. <laughs> yes. Wish it was um, I, yeah, I, I do. I would too. I would just remember <laughs> him as Jameis. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. I think the talk is that the, the quarterback position is up for, um, you know, who wants it come after it. I think that's sort of the mentality coach Payton has put forward. Um, I do think that Jameis Winston is more than capable of um, stepping in. I think he's super talented. I think he's been surrounded by good leaders in the last year in coach Payton and in Drew Brees. 
And I think he's probably, you know, got something to prove and I'll take an athlete, um, with a history of being a phenomenal player. Who's got something to prove, um, on the field any day. So Sam Ellinger, you want, you, you want to draft <laughs> Sam Ellinger. <laughs> what you're saying. That's all I'm not saying anything about Texas football. (laughs) (laughs) I already like Katie. I love it. I love it. Yeah, this is you're gonna you're gonna love her after by the end of this. This I mean, she's like having one of the guys around, and she's an ultra competitive uh, sports knowledge off the charts, and that and that's kind of ties into this entire story as we we talk about New Orleans. That's where your roots are. you grew up with the Mannings and they're t- kind of tied to your book as well that, that we're about to talk about. Now, before we move on to that, this is another element of the book. Baseball is pretty much life to you. You're a huge Cubs fan. Now, ha- having said that, a season with mom, love, loss, and the ultimate baseball adventure. Where do you even start how this story, just the genesis of it all? Gosh, I, I probably have to start with my mom, um, who was the ultimate quintessential dreamer. She, um, had dreams that she shared with us all the time. She loved a good adventure and she loved sports. And so I would have to start with her. Um, we had the dream of going to see all 30 major league ballparks, Um, When I was a kid, about 13, we went to visit the Cubs, which, as you said, was my favorite baseball team. And um, we she had the idea in Harry Carey's restaurant. We were sitting around the table and um, she said, well, let's go see all the ballparks and sort of shouted. And the whole restaurant kind of turned and looked at us. And as an introvert, I, you know, kind of hid and (laughs) um, I was embarrassed. And I thought, hmm, are we really going to do that thing? And, uh, you know, through the years, we went to a lot of different ballparks. And unfortunately, in 2009, she passed away from colon cancer. And three years later, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma and melanoma. And I think when you experience um, the fragility of life, both in losing a loved one, and then also, you know, experiencing or facing your own mortality, I think it forces you to look, take a hard look at your life and what do you want out of it? Mm-hmm. And um, I, two years cancer-free, finished my PhD in education. I thought, why haven't I done that thing I wanted to do? <laughs> so I said, you know what, let's go do it. And even though my mom wasn't here anymore, I thought, you know what, I can still fulfill that dream. And so decided to step foot um, in Philadelphia as my first ballpark where her family's from on opening day, as well as her birthday. And wow. the dream just got bigger from there. I, that's good. You knocked off Philadelphia, the first one off the list. <laughs> Always knock the grossest cities. <laughs> go Dallas Cowboys. Go Texas Rangers. Um, so I, I will say, so my wife used to work for a company called Home Plate Peanut Butter, and they were founded by a bunch of MLB ball players. So she was really in with the club managers because they would give them peanut butter and all this stuff. So we got to go usually and, and sit behind Home Plate with the families. Got to experience Wrigley for the first time behind Home Plate. It was like a walk-off run at the end. It was freezing. Walked over to, what was it? Is it Cubby Bar? It's Cubby Bar, right? On Kitty Corner to, like, when you leave home plate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't remember the rest of the night. Really enjoyed myself. Um, but, yeah, Wrigley Field is is it's one. It's probably the best stadium 
I've ever been to. And I've, I've been to about 11 MLB ballparks. I'm nowhere near you, but I think it's Wrigley's hands down. Like if you have an experience, you have to go. So as a Cubs fan, someone who loves Wrigley, that is, that's where you love. What was your favorite ballpark that you went outside to? That's going to be my <laughs> Well, yes, definitely Wrigley was, was special, um, having, getting to throw out the first pitch. But, you know, I tell you what, I love them all because unlike other sports stadiums, baseball ballparks <clears throat> all have um, – unique features about them. You know, they, they often um, resemble the communities in which they reside. They aren't these giant concrete blocks where, you know, you know that, um, you know, you don't know which stadium you're in really. So I loved them all for their individual characteristics. I'll tell you, I was surprised by how much I loved Pittsburgh. I had no idea. What a PNC. Did you go to PNC? Yes. Yes. I thought it was gorgeous, just the the water um, and the city backdrop, I thought was really magical. And I don't know what I expected. Um, Maybe I expected some industrial type (laughs) setting or what, but I thought it was really pretty. I think all the ballparks like AT&T and um, let's see who else, Um, even like Safeco, the ones that are around water, I think add an element that's really special at a ballpark. Yeah. Now, this is uh, – see, I kind of randomly – I don't know if I've ever told Katie this. Randomly, I'm sitting in the – back in the KVU days, I was sitting in the sports office, and I see this hashtag, MLB for mom, come up. I think it was on Instagram, and I started noticing this, and then I get more and more and more. And then when the day – I think the day when you threw it – was it the morning after you – tossed out the first pitch you're on you're making the circuit of espn appearances (laughs) i see that and i see i hear austin this woman a professor ut whatever i look and i'm just uh totally lost track of what i was doing adhd (laughs) set in so i was watching your interview and then i kind of followed your story from that moment on and and then that's lo and behold here we are so one thing about Katie's story that uh, really I've gravitated to was your family's tied, uh, and I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, past Christiane, Mississippi. That's where your beach house was, right? Yes. And your mom, that was her place that she had just loved and adored, and then that's, that's part of the story, correct? Oh yeah, definitely. That was, um, that was actually where my, uh, my mom, um, I grew up, you know, in new Orleans and we had a, a small home on the coast of, um, pastor Shane on the Gulf, um, in Mississippi, not unlike the small town of Louisiana, um, that you were referring to where your mom is from, you know, real small town, <laughs> real small community, great people. Um, and, uh, yes, that was a very special place for us. Um, it was kind of the place where we were all at our best. You know, a lot of times people were off of work and, you know, they had this space to just be and read and interact with one another. Um, and so I think that um, when Katrina came around and totally wiped out the, our entire home and, and, and actually wiped out the entire community of Pascrishan, I think that was a, uh, another big sort of uh, traumatic experience or devastating loss that signaled to me that, you know, you got to go do the things that you want to do because you never know what what's around the corner. And that's a that's a great point that you that you just said about 
living life to the fullest and doing the things that you want to do. Obviously, with your diagnosis, your mother's situation, I, too, have had cancer and I am cancer free as well. Yeah. So, uh, so we're we're brother in and sister in in that. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. And I know that, you know, the uncertainty and like you said, the mortality of who you become when you think you can do whatever you want and continue to do your thing. And uh, it, it's, it's really eye opening. So I appreciate you sharing your story. And and that is awesome that you've gotten a chance to do the things that you have uh, longed to do, right. you know, going to see all those ballparks. That's amazing. That was like a bucket list deal for some. <laughs> you knocked it out of the park. And so that's good. I'm, I'm happy for you. And I'm glad to share your story. Was well, I have two questions. Is one, is Tim McGraw's Live Like You're Dying your theme song? Do you, how many times do you listen to that a week? And two, what? Because <laughs> I, I literally thought if I was to ever get anything and I, I try to, you know, when I listen to songs or I listen or I hear stories, I try to put myself in the shoes of the person to be right. like, okay, how, how can, like, I haven't experienced it, but let me see how they feel with this. Right. And I listened to that song, you know, you know, live like basically Tim's dad was like, live like you're dying. Right. Like yeah. I wish everyone could experience that. But then what, what transpired to the book? Right. We, I mean, you're, this all started when you were 13 with your mom yelling in the restaurant, <laughs> restaurant, you're talking about an ice cream Sunday. You don't know what to do. You're like, I just want the extra fudge. They won't bring it. My mom's yelling. <laughs> And you work your way up and then all of a sudden you're like, you go to these, how, what, what leads to the book? It's a great question. I had no intention of writing a book when I went on the journey. I was going on the journey for myself because I love baseball. I was, um, you know, I think that's actually one of the things I've taken away from it is when you do what you love and you sort of follow your heart, things start to magically unfold um, and the universe starts to put things in front of you that you never could have imagined. And so never had any intention of writing the book. Didn't, didn't think through that while I was doing the ballparks, which I'm kind of glad I didn't know that I would one day, because I think it would have taken away from being present um, in each ballpark. And that was the best part about it was being present and being there and talking to fans and um, really getting still and listening to my own thoughts. Right. And so it, it wasn't until after the journey and even a couple of years when I had time to put it away and then sort of think through it. Um, and people would tell me all the time, like, are, you should write that into a book or are, are you going to write that into a book? And um, I think it was finally uh, about two or three years later where I thought, you know what, let me think about doing that. And I sort of conceptualized it and was lucky enough to connect with certain people and get a great agent and um, made it came to fruition. So it was really a book looking back on the experience, which gave me, I think, a different perspective than if I had written it while I was going through it. So as a sequel, you're going to go to every NFL <laughs> football stadium that UT players are a part of. You know, I love that idea, but I think I want to go see every like major event of every sport, like even like over yeah. in Japan, like sumo wrestling or, you know, I, will, I, I, I want to go at all. Like, I think it'd be so cool to look across sports. Yeah. I want to go and tour some of the major soccer stadiums. Yeah. In Europe. I think yes. that would be my wife. I, we got married in October of 2019. So right before the COVID 
pandemic. I heard you just celebrated a one-year anniversary. Congratulations. Welcome to the one-year anniversary club. Uh, if you can guy. make it during COVID, you can make it anywhere. Preach to the choir right now. I have a baby during it as well. Um, I think a lot of people are going to have some babies coming out. <laughs> and they made me money. <laughs> but uh, so we were able to go to Switzerland right before, like in November, right before the pandemic hit in, in February. So pretty blessed. When did you, what's your wedding date? Give us the date. Uh, it was yesterday, actually. It was no. uh, March 17th. Patty's Day? That was not intentional. Legendary! <laughs> Fuck! But it is <laughs> the luckiest day of the year, so I'll take it. Yeah. So where did you get married? Well, we had a, a wedding planned in Mexico for March 23rd. And as you might imagine, that was right when they closed. Literally, the day we were going to fly out was the day they closed the border between Mexico yeah. and the United States. And we had, you know, called it off several weeks before, but um, we decided that and we were just going to go get married around the block, walked to a little park and a judge, retired judge, and had nice. some trees as our guests. And that's about it. But awesome. Special awesome. all in a, uh, where, in a different way. You, where did you meet? Where I mean, you, we're not Dr. Phil. I'm just curious. I mean, like, I'm curious. I want to ask for other questions. Oh, not about that. <laughs> you know what? I'll let you know that we this met on Bumble <laughs> and there's an article about to come out on Bumble and you can read you can read all about it. <laughs> it's a funny story. I love it. I love really it. meet on Bumble. And yes. And that's what that's where Mike usually says, all right, it's tender time. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Speaking of Tinder time, let's talk about Sean. Sean, oh how's this? Uh, oh my God. Sean's dating life is usually, <laughs> Katie can be a part of this. Tinder time. <laughs> no. <laughs> can I get back to my question? Go right ahead. Sorry. All right. <laughs> now, my question is this is this is really you writing the book about everything that you did, the traveling, everything. You had already gone through the process. My biggest question for some of those situations is how did you recant all of that? Like, how did you embrace? Because you said you wanted to be in the moment. If you would have thought about it, you probably wouldn't have been. The book probably wouldn't be what it was. But now that you you had to go back and you had to envision everything, how did you remember those moments? Because I'm curious to that, because. I was a former minor league baseball player. So I played a lot of baseball. I played for 13 years. I've been to every so city. Awesome. I've been to every small town. I've been to every big city. I've been with big time players. I've been with guys that weren't that good, but they became some of my best friends. I've been in the middle of all of it. So my recanting of those stories, I'm trying to think about it. I'm really trying to think about them. And someone wrote a book about us in, from 1993. We have one of the best teams in minor league history. We won over 100 games. We won our division. We had so many big leaguers that went on to play. And he, he, he got a chance to write about it all the time because he was the news reporter that covered our team. Love it. Me, I was a player. So some of the stories that I was reading, I was like, damn, that happened? That happened? So my point is... How do you remember enough of your, those trips and those cities to be able to write the book? Um, that's a great question. I'm so fascinated by that team you're on. I'm going to have to go get that book. I love uh, that. Harrisburg Senators, 1993 baseball. Wow. 
Yeah, I love it. A hundred games. It was Mike Harge at first. It no, was Jesus I'll, at second. <laughs> Moses was at third. I know you lions, were probably two years two lions, <laughs> two lions were coming out at the, at the bullpen. I love yeah. that. It's not, it's hard. Um, that's hard work to be in the minor leagues. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a journey for sure. And that, that's an amazing feat that y'all accomplished. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, back to your question. I, I had the uh, advantage of taking thousands of photographs and I think a photograph um, holds still a moment in time and can tell you a lot about um, each ballpark. And so what I did after I gave myself a couple of years um, off from the journey, I went back to all those photographs and I looked across them at each ballpark. And I looked for themes and I looked like what's here and what was my experience like? Because I think where we point our lens says a lot about what we're getting out of that ballpark that day. And so I looked across them and found themes and ideas. And that's how I came up with the theme for each letter of the book. It was really driven by the images. Um, and I had done a little bit of posting on social media. It's the reason I got on Instagram. I hadn't been really a part of social media prior to the trip. And so I went back and looked at those a little bit. And I, I did take notes along the way, journaling a little bit about my experience. So I could revisit that, which was helpful. Um, but it's a really, that's a really good question. Cause you know, obviously memory changes over time. And even right. in a memoir, right. you know, my, I'm one of six kids and I think my, you know, each one of them has a very different opinion of my mom and, and my dad. Right. And, and the oldest and the youngest were raised very differently. So their memoir would look very different than let's say my, my memoir and my interpretation. So I think it's all about, you know, what's sort of speaking to you in, in the moment as you're writing. Oftentimes I, even though I had the theme, I didn't know what was going to come out in that letter. I would just start writing and, and through the process of writing sort of the, the essence of the story would emerge. Nice. Yeah, I was always curious to that about the processes of it, right? And like I said, I was living in that moment, just like you, you were living in that moment. And then you go back and you think about it and you're like, oh, oh yeah, that's what happened. And that's why that happened. And oh yeah, that was so awesome. Or no, that sucked. You know, it's like, no, I don't want to remember that part of it, but it's part of the journey. So Totally. That's and I think I'm when so happy for you. Oh, thank you. And I think when you're in it, it, it's one story. And then as you grow and as you have new experiences and as you mature and you you take a different lens because you have yeah. more life experiences to apply to it. And so the story changes, All you right. know, five years later because you're a different person. Yeah. That's awesome. So at Stories Man Cave on Twitter, there's there's about four, maybe five photos of Katie uh through her journey of life. And Katie, is there a specific I, I, for our listeners to maybe check out your journey on that um, when you travel to see all those stadiums, is there anywhere where people can find those? Um, yeah, well, Instagram. And then also uh, my website, katierussellnewland.com. Okay. As we'll give you a little bit of a, <laughs> little bit of a hit of, of my journey yeah. and the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, speaking of the, the big date, April 6th, I think that, what is that? Is that two weeks from now? I it's think. the day after opening day. It's a Tuesday, and it's after opening day in in Arlington is April fifth. Exactly. I just yeah. put Love the parallel it. together. I didn't even realize that. I, yeah. I should yes. be ashamed. So, well, April it's 6th. funny because the publisher, you know, timed it for opening, you know, to be around the opening day of baseball as well as a month before Mother's Day. But it turns out it's my mom's birthday when it comes oh, out. Oh, nice. Yes. 
And that's so I awesome. thought that's how you know you're where you're supposed to be when things that's like that fall into place. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. That is amazing how all this is uh, kind of set up. And so April now it's- Go ahead, Sean, finish it. You said April 6th is what? April 6th is when uh, her book, uh, Katie's book here, A Season with Mom, Love, Loss, and God, The Ultimate Baseball Adventure. I almost forgot the name of the title. I should know it by heart by now, but uh, nationwide, you can find it in bookstores. Now, Katie, on Mother's Day, there's a special promotion inside Target stores. Yes, they'll they'll be... Um displaying the book starting April 6th for about a month for a Mother's Day promotion. So it'll be an out of aisle promotion, which is very exciting for a new author, for a retail store to pick it up and display it. And I hope it brings a lot of joy and maybe some tears, which are always helpful too, to a, yeah. to a lot of moms out there. <laughs> so you and your itinerary, you're going to be making a you're going to be making an appearance on a lot of the network shows to promote your book, right? What's that itinerary look like over the next month? Gosh, it's it's busy, but I feel very grateful that it is. Um, is it I all think... Zoom? Yes. <laughs> lot, lot, lot of Zoom. All the places, you're good. A lot of Zoom virtual uh, interviews, which is kind of nice because, you know, otherwise you wouldn't be able to get it to as many places. You know, you can't be in New York on the Today Show and then also then back in Cali doing something at the right. Padres stadium. So I think, um, I think it's actually kind of nice as an introvert. I kind of like it too. Cause you know, you can do your thing and then you can, you're like in your own house. You can, you know, <laughs> go off and watch some sports in between interviews. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Congratulations and all the success. Absolutely. You're having. I mean, the story, the, the meaning behind it and the life lessons that people are going to grab from them is what it's all about. So that, that's awesome. I'm glad that Sean made this connection with us and I'll make sure to, we'll make sure to make everyone aware yeah, of what's right. going on. I think this is unbelievable. Thank so, you so much. That's welcome. Nice it is, you know, I, we can all order our moms a copy of this book. I, I ordered one from Mama Clench. It's, she'll, uh, that's her Mother's Day gift. She <laughs> doesn't know it yet. <laughs> well, she if she listens to this podcast, she does. Oh, she does. But she, but she's the one that. When's Katie's book coming out? When's Katie's book coming out? I lied to her. I said July. <laughs> <laughs> so, to let everyone know a little bit about Katie, she is one of the most competitive individuals. She'll usually beat you, in, in something. And I'm ashamed to admit. I've never won a game of ping pong against you. <laughs> I just can't. It hasn't happened. Like, no. And it hasn't. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> there is this ping pong club in Austin that you introduced to a lot of people that I don't think many people are aware of. It's what, 183 Burnett Road area. <laughs> it's just look look for the storage unit and and it's behind it you got to go through the gate like hook a left and that's where the, like the ping pong haven is it's <laughs> like coming to like you're gonna go get a hat from this guy yeah. <laughs> uh, don't mind don't mind the hookers down the road they're, they're actually really nice <laughs> make sure that i'm okay <laughs> oh my god so obviously where i i was i got off track we always do um she's a she loves march madness uh brackets galore so who is your final four 
And do you see a lot of 413, 512 upsets? <laughs> I was going to ask you all the same questions. I'm just in the process of filling mine out. Yeah. So I wanted, I wanted some of your uh, insight into it. Um, I definitely, I'm definitely rooting for the Longhorns. I think they, they've got the potential to go far. They're, they're a little, um, you don't know what you're going to get in any given game, right. but their defense is ridiculous. And, um, I think that, uh, I think they have the potential to go far. They got two really athletic big men. So I'm excited about Texas. Yeah. And, um, I don't know who my upset is. I think Texas tech is better than people think. I think their 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 pace is so fast that I think they could beat a lot of teams. I don't know. What are you guys thinking? Well, I got Rutgers. Rutgers yeah, yeah. Team that I'm 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 riding with. Former you Longhorn. You know who else I'm rolling with that people don't know a lot about is Grand Canyon University. Yep. They got yes. two guys that one six eleven and the other one is seven foot. And I actually called a game earlier this year uh, that, I saw, that I saw him and Bryce Drew is the head coach yeah. of that team. Yeah. And so they are, they are better than what people think. And they don't know that they got two pros on that team. Really? I love that. That's, yeah. that's good insight. I also have um, Rutgers yeah. beating Clemson. You got Texas oh, yeah, Rutgers beat them. Okay. Can yeah. you put Texas in the, in the final four? You know, I do several brackets. I do, well, I do three. I do What's one your bracket. Money bracket. What's yeah. your money bracket? What's your money? Where send this, this bracket? This is from my me. upset bracket. <laughs> this is my fun bracket. And then this is my money bracket. <laughs> exactly. I, I got my, this is what I want to happen. Yeah. You know, what yeah, I think is going to happen. And then right. a just get crazy bracket. So. <laughs> Love it. I do. I, love I, it. I do have Texas going to the final four. I don't have them winning it, but I would mm. like that. Yeah, right. yeah, that would be nice. I only have them in the sweet 16. I don't. One of my I brackets, I have them in the final four and that's my money bracket. So, yeah, I, I think they got a good draw in that they got Michigan down yeah. a forward. I think yep. that's the best side of the bracket to be on. If you want to try to beat it, you know, yeah. number one seed. No, I agree. Yeah. That, that same bracket I have, uh, St. Bonaventure. I think they have Final Four potential. Oh no, no, I'm sorry, Loyola Chicago. There Loyola you go. Chicago. Yeah, I was like, Dean, baby, not, not the not St. Bonnie. The weed. <laughs> the weed. What have you been reading? <laughs> Man, I am going UCSB all the way to the national championship. The oh Gauchos. The Gauchos, Come on, baby. You know why? Because you are crazy. <laughs> yeah, delirious. No, I got US now. UCSB, they have great guards. They will pull off an upset in the first round. You think they're gonna beat Creighton? I think so because I think Creighton has some distractions from no the Creighton has united because their coach is pro-black now. He was like, he messed up with the conversation. They like, we unified, we going. <laughs> I do think that when people start to play for some bigger narrative than just yeah. the game, I do think that lifts teams to wins that they might not otherwise win. Yeah. That's, a, that's yeah. a great point. That's a, the world according to Katie. That's a, it makes sense. It makes too much sense. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. And I also think, I, I do think Oklahoma state, they're going to ride all the way until they get beat by Loyola Chicago. Yeah. I've got uh, I've got Oklahoma State. I got Illinois beating Oklahoma State. Former Stephen F. Austin head coach against 
his assistant at SFA. So I'm just trying to draw all the attention to that. Of course, you know, that never <laughs> happens. <laughs> hey, if, if people could actually see this interview and see that picture behind you, they wouldn't even realize that everything is F SFA. Uh, <laughs> kind of looks like including his shirt. Oh, it does. Hello. <laughs> hey, Katie, before we let you go, obviously we're going to get a story from you for the man cave. But before we let you go, I need to know what who are those baseballs that are behind you? Oh, um, that is the pitch I threw out okay. at Wrigley Field, which is signed by, um, you know, a, I didn't know this till the evening of the, which you probably know, but it's usually a pitcher who catches the first yeah. pitch. So yeah. it was Justin Grimm at the time. Okay. Um, and oh. then um, Chris Bryant yeah. um, ball that someone sent me, which was so okay. nice. Um, and then this one is a funny gift from my sister. It says a great catch. Uh, Katie and Brand engaged on in the date, so. Oh, 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 that's so cute. <laughs> it won't garner as much money as the others, but it's just a special. Oh, you know what they call that? They call that priceless. Yeah, yeah. Priceless. exactly. People thought There's Bitcoin. No value. Be, so I mean, like, shit. You got a chance. You got a chance. <laughs> All right, Katie. Go ahead and ask me. KT uh, or Doctor. Russell Newman, whatever we're going to call you today. So we usually end this with our guest with the classic priceless man cave stories. In your case, it'll be the lady cave story. So this could be an event, memory in life that you enjoy telling people or maybe something that was absolutely comical or that occurred or maybe something along the way on your journey. Um, I guess along that baseball stadium journey, something, and maybe something that I don't know. Hmm. Well, since you just asked about the baseballs, I yeah. also have a bat and a picture of Andre Dawson, the Hawk, who was absolutely my most favorite player. Um, and he's, or I don't know if he sent it to me. Somebody sent me a personal autographed um, picture of him that said, um, dear Katie, you're an inspiration to us all, you know, Andre Dawson. And for me, that was probably the best part of the whole experience because that was my hero as a mm -hmm. kid. You know, I, I loved, um, I loved his batting stance as um, unconventional as it was. <laughs> and I loved his quiet resolve. I loved how he played most of his career in pain um, oh. and you would never know it. And he, I think he was one of only two now players who won the MVP on a losing team. And so I, for the, for your childhood hero to tell you you're an inspiration that to me, it doesn't get any better than that. So I think that would be my story. <laughs> No, that's you didn't have most of the stories. We don't want tears, Katie. That is well, the honest. You read, the, truth. read the book. You're going to have to bring some Kleenex. Oh, so. I will yeah. definitely do that. I will definitely do that. And for someone who was a former Montreal Expo farmhand, I understand what you mean about Andre Dawson, Tim Raines, uh, Andre Scalaraga. All those guys were part of Spike Owen was like a big brother to me when I got oh. drafted by Montreal. So I appreciate the fact that you love the Hawk, Andre Dawson. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank yeah, you guys. Yeah, Katie, we should have, we should have 
surprised you today and had Keith Moreland on, your former Cub. Uh, yeah. He would have told you a lot of stories about your guy, Ryan Sandberg, Mark Grace. Loved Who Rhino. Rhino, Mark Grace, Sean Dunstan. Those were my guys. I had a Ryan Sandberg pennant from Boise, Idaho. And we had a riot when one of the big, you know, the big head pennants back in the day. <laughs> my dad used to travel everywhere and he'd come home with pennants. You know, I always go to Chicago. So I had like a the Jordan one. But in Boise, you didn't have any sports teams other than the Boise Broncos. <laughs> so, I love it. Yes. Yeah, so I, Ryan Sandberg, I was there with you. I just so I, we had WGN and TBS. Well, on WGN, I would watch the Bulls, and then I went to the Braves instead of the Cubs because I had <laughs> I had Harry Carrier. I can't do his voice anymore. I used to be able to. Well, shit. But yeah, and Mr. Stone and Mr. Stone just yep, called the games off here. Big ass mm -hmm. Coke bottles. I'm like, come on, man. Let's go. <laughs> I, I think there should be a study of who went the route of TBS Braves and who went the route of WGN Cubs. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's a great question. Yeah. That's a great. You know what, Katie? I'll, we'll email you. Well, we'll, you, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get that, that going. We'll yeah. get that going and we'll see. Because that's an entire, I didn't realize, like, I always thought that was a thing, but right. then no, clearly it's a thing because there's a huge route of fans. I mean, I'm a Rangers fan now because once you went to Texas, you got to pick a team. Yeah. I've always been a Cowboys fan and a Longhorn, took the Longhorn over the Aggies. But here's another thing about that, Katie, and I think that's a great thing for us to do a case study on, but the thing about it was the Cubs, they played every game during the day, so you could catch the Braves at night, so you can do both. both. Hey, that is true. A double header. You could that's catch a really good point. A lot of us, no. Well, that's a lot, a lot of baseball. Of right. I watch a lot of baseball. A lot of us didn't get to play in the minor leagues for 20 years. The point <laughs> is that everyone's had to go to school, man. But you still get a chance to, to watch it as you were growing you had to up. Pick. No one cared about Greg Maddox as a Cub back in the day. Right. They cared about Greg Maddox as a Brave until he went back to the Cubs. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. Dude. Oh, yeah, I do. I, that's why I like the Cubs, because they were the underdog. Always. Notoriously. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So, a season with mom, love, loss, and the ultimate baseball adventure. That is going to hit the bookshelves across the country. And the, the lady, the talented woman here in Austin, Texas. PhD, baby. PhD. PhD. The pride of Trinity also, University. Longhorn legend. <laughs> she's a longhorn legend. I can't legend. wait to see your commercial on LHN. <laughs> we'll put you in black and white. We'll put you in color. That way everybody knows that you are like a 2000 famous person. It's not like Red McCollum. Red McCollum. He's a longhorn legend. Back in 1982, he started his first car. Be like Katie. In 2005, Katie, tour the world in baseball, taught at the University of Texas. In 2021, she was on Inside the Man Cave. Katie Russell, she's a long time. Oh my God, Katie, I'm so sorry you had to deal oh, with this. God. No, this was the best time I've had in a long time. Are you we needed me? it. We needed it. It was. So it was fun. because of your energy. Well, thank I you guys. What you're doing, I appreciate your story, and we'll definitely make sure that we continue to push out your narrative because I think that was really, really cool. Oh, thank yeah. you. I hope I see you guys in the back room at Cover Three uh, someday. Hey, girl. Let's do it. <laughs> 
Katie, we appreciate you and we will put up a link. Uh, we'll be in touch and we'll get a link to everything to help promote this and in the Austin area or whoever across the world, they can order this on Amazon and wherever you buy books, right? John says we got people in uh, Indonesia. So you we might do. Some people there. Taiwan. <laughs> we got you. So, a community in Ohio called Ho. <laughs> <laughs> We got or is you. it how? I don't know. I'm not sure yet. Right, but let this girl leave. Let's pleasure, go. pleasure yeah. meeting you. Awesome, guys. Katie, we appreciate nice you. you. Thanks Enjoy. for inspiring everybody. Bye, guys. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, we will wrap things up with more March Madness on the other side of this break. ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease affects over 15,000 Americans. A friend of and former guest of Stories Inside the Man Cave podcast, Bob Ballou, continues to do his best to find a cure for this nasty disease. The sports director of KI or CBS Austin will host his annual Under Blue Skies Golf Classic and Party, benefiting the ALS Association of Texas on May 14th. To sponsor this wonderful event or register your golf teams to participate in a round of golf at Avery Ranch Golf Club on May 14th, log on to ALSTexas.org or contact Michelle Miller by email. That's Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E at ALSTexas.org. Following the Under Blue Skies Golf Classic on May 14th will be a virtual party with a purpose. Let's all join arms and contribute to the Under Blue Skies golf event and virtual party and conquer ALS. So Katie Russell Newland or Dr. Katie Russell Newland, man, beautiful story. Amazing book that's coming out April 6th. She is a guy's girl, if you will, and the a proud wife, if you will. And she is a fan of baseball and March Madness. And then she's probably, as we speak, trying to finish up her brackets before tip-off today. Both of you, real quick, man, what did you walk away from that interview? I mean, I, it's, to me, her story's always been inspiring and impressive. Well, the thing that I, that the biggest thing that I took from that is her heart, number one. Number two, she she's lived a, a a good life, but her messaging is live life to the fullest because you never know when it's going to be your last. That's what I took from it. I mean, the diagnosis, the life with her mother, the traveling, what she ended up doing afterwards, the PhD. I mean, put some respect on her name, dog. She's <laughs> That's Dr. Katie. Yeah, Dr. Katie. Yeah, Dr. Katie. So the things that she's done since then and then inspiration in which she is for others, that's what I took for that. That is awesome. She is hands down, like one of the coolest people I think I've been in a while. Like down to earth, has a great story and and it takes a lot to share and open up and share those stories and let in millions and millions of strangers into your life that a lot of them are just going to come in and be assholes and critique you and, and judge you and this and that, but it's a huge step. I can't wait to read that book. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So hopefully all of us have made our brackets. Now uh, I'm doing finalized. 
Well, here's the deal. Here, Sean, before you even get into the, the bracket, you're talking about it. We're going to have a contest for it. And you'll, uh, Mike will share it with the people. You'll share it with the people. Mm-hmm. But Mike is halfway through his right now. And he said, I already hate my bracket. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have Iowa, Texas, Baylor in the final four so far. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I mean, the fact that it's not even finished, there's no games played as we record this actual podcast. And my man is already saying that he hates his bracket. That is funny. The fact that he hates his bracket. Uh, It's all, hey, listen, there are no true dominant teams out there that, except outside of Gonzaga and Baylor. Um, And, you know, Let's see what everyone says as far as picks. I mean, Stories Man Cave Podcast, there's a link on our Twitter site for the ESPN NCAA Tournament Challenge. You guys have some, too, as well. Challenges. Where where can people find those? Well, I mean, it's not my individual challenge. It's a challenge for me to fill out them damn brackets. Here's the the game. Here's (laughs) the game now. You'll have to post this, and you can put it on on our Twitter accounts and socials, but Get your get your brackets in by the first tip off today, tonight. Anybody that beats me will enter in a drawing, and we're gonna draw five people randomly out of the winners. I love it. Beat me. I love it. And then we they get they'll get a free product. So, uh, okay. that's a great deal, man. That really is. Um, let's see. So, well, as we all know, Texas, a three seed, I think it's deserving. Uh, 14 seed Abilene Christian out of the Southland Conference. And I, I don't know why they put them in regions, name regions, because uh, they're in the east, but it's all in the Indianapolis metro area. So Abilene Christian's not going to be a walk in the park that everyone thinks. Um, they're tall and long. I'm in the final four. I have Texas in the final four. Abilene Christian's going to beat Texas in the first fucking round. Oh, my God. That would be the luck I would have for my bracket. There's no doubt. So what are the upsets? What are the what are your upsets? Tell me your upsets. I like Georgetown and Cal Santa Barbara. Yeah. The reason why I pick Santa Barbara, they're deep and they have good shooters. Georgetown, I get the Big East wasn't what it once was, but it's still to run the table four straight games on four days. And Patrick Ewing's the coach. That's gotta that's gotta amount to something. Yeah, I thought that too. I put Colorado. <laughs> Colorado's a good one. Colorado's a good one. Um, Colorado is somebody that I think is going to get beat. Is Morehead Georgetown? I like Georgetown and the way that they're playing. Patrick Ewing's got them boys fighting. Dude, My Rutgers, I'm still riding with Rutgers, and then I also got Grand Canyon. So those are some teams that people are looking at and saying, "Wait, what? They that no." There are some good players. Now, Grand Canyon can get holed out and get their ass whooped in that first round. And I'll be like, they wasn't supposed to be there anyway. But I really like who they are. There, like are, they're playing. there are two types of people also to fill out these fucking brackets. The ones that like me, that write out the names or give a little bit of like, like description. And the people that just put the first letter of the fucking Yes, is like, I hate it. Z, 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 Z. Like Missouri, M, M, Z, Creighton, C. 
Those are the ones you should be doing. That's how you should be those person. Yeah. Yeah. That's so Norfolk. I don't I don't mean to be critical, but I had a really, really, really good conversation. Uh, and I'll tell y'all both with whom after we get through with this uh podcast, someone who I really trust who's dialed into the Austin basketball community uh for a while. So we all know Matt Coleman, severely underrated uh, as one of the best point guards in Texas basketball history. Obviously, T.J. Ford, D.J. Augustine, they had tremendous success and all the ones with Tom Penders. Jericho Sims, three double-doubles in the, in the uh, final four games before the tournament. Kai Jones, to me, is a better NBA prospect than Greg Brown right now, in my opinion. Brock Cunningham? He's the MVP. If you, I, can y'all tell me why we can't find plus or minus stats, you know, the plus or minus number for college basketball like you can for the NBA? I don't know where to find it. I don't know where to find it either, but to your point of the names that you put out there, I would agree with you on so many levels with the way that things transpired over the past weekend. Um, <clears throat> Matt Coleman grew up, and people can say, well, he grew up. What do you mean? He's a senior. No, he took over this team to the point that every time he does something, he still dribbles like he's part of the Harlem Globetrotters sometimes because yes. he dribbles so damn much. <laughs> need him to move the ball around. But he took control of the game yes. when they needed him to take control of the game. Number two, Jericho Sims is a grown-ass man, just as Holly Rowe. Yeah. He, he played as best that he could have played the entire year. But this is something that we have talked about from the very beginning. We've talked about this from the word go. Pass the damn ball inside. Let him Don't decide. Let and then, boom, he'll kick it out to you. And then to your point of what Kai Jones is compared to Greg Brown, Kai Jones is having fun. Kai Jones is living in the moment. Kai Jones is just athletic enough that he doesn't, like, right. I'm not going to say he doesn't care because that's not fair. I know he cares. Right. But what I mean by that is he's living footloose and fancy free. Greg feels like he has to do everything, and he doesn't. This is a different thing. You're not at Vandergriff, bro. You're at the University of Texas where people, they may not have had your hype coming in, but they hoop. They yeah. play. They play hard. You have to do everything. Just keep being a good energy guy like you've been doing. Yes, you. here's the deal. He's going to be a valuable part for Texas to make a run, regardless of what happens. Absolutely. When he walks crying, he's going to be that guy. He's going to be a very important part. And Royce Ham, who didn't play that much, is going to be even more of a factor. And Jace Febris, too, right? But Brock Cunningham is the X factor. He is your plus minus guy. He scares the living crap out of me every time he steps on a court because you never know what he's going to do. And he, I don't want him shooting threes ever in life. <laughs> <laughs> to be able to do different things and attack, attack, attack. 21 steals this season for a big guy. That's, that's amazing, man. I mean, but, but, but everyone now and people are talking, well, are they going to be that good? Can they make it to this? Do they do this? The thing about Texas is we talked about this last week, the trend. They're trending in the right direction, number one. 
Number two, the guards are playing. Courtney Ramey, I, I sent out an MIA on him the other day. I missed some persons. I called some people. <laughs> and I need him to step up. If he can step up, this team is going to be in a good, good spot. They're going to be in a good spot. To both of the mics, and I don't mean to interrupt you, Big Mike, but uh, the, the feedback I'll I've received. Because you are uh, what does that mean? Let's just, I'm just, just cause you're, cause you're bigger. You're bigger than me. You're bigger than me. <laughs> That's it. Ranch water. Hey, the humor, the humor comes out with ranch water. America is taller than you. Yeah, that's the truth. Everybody's big. Goddamn Katie towered over you at five foot six. She's five, four. She's probably oh, sorry. Eye to eye. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put on my boots real quick, <laughs> So I'm not, I'm, I'm going to share a little bit of, and I just want you guys, I want you guys' opinion of what I'm about to tell you. And I, this is non-biased feedback from what I heard. This is in my own words of, of, of what was said. So I, a lot of people poo-pooed, if you will, when Shaka hired KT Turner, the former assistant from SMU. Now, what I had no, I had no opinion on it because I thought I knew what SMU had done over the previous seven, eight years. They recruited well. And I knew he was every good college basketball program has an assistant who does the dirty work, meaning keeping players in check and discipline. So KT Turner has helped Shaka in this year of coaching differently. KT Turner was the guy who's been in Greg Brown's face and disciplining him and telling him, yeah, you are incredible. You have incredible ability, astronomical ability, but you ain't right. Leap and you need to keep it straight. But you, you need those. You need those people. You, you gotta need, have those. You gotta have the people that are doing those types of things because the message. Let's just say, okay, let's just put it out there. Greg is probably a one and done guy, no matter what. I don't care. Potential okay. alone, right? Just potential. And there's gonna be other guys there. So when they see him disciplining Greg or being hard on Greg, it helps the program. Right. Helps the program because most kids in all reality, because even after that moment where Greg was having that, that, that breakdown type of situation that against when tech, it back, when it came back, they were back. Good. He was on the bench cheering. You seen him at the thing. He played six minutes in the championship game and he holding up the trophy. Like we here, baby, <laughs> we here. And that's good. That is good. So it's all about learning because I, I, I said this the other day to, to a couple people. When Kyler Murray lost to Texas on that field and he didn't shake Sam's hand. And it was because you look at his face and he looked confused. Never lost before. Never lost before. And if you've never right. been in that situation, then most people haven't. You don't know how to react well, to lied. people. He lost right? a lot in AM. I mean, he wasn't very good. But he wasn't a starter. Right. He wasn't the starter. So, what games that he started, he didn't lose very often. So, when that happened to him, he was like, wow. So, to my point, Greg is the same way. Greg has never failed. Yeah. 
He's never failed. And he's dealing with failure right now because it's on another level. And a lot of people will never understand that. No. You got your dad screaming out of the stands like, they need to sit your ass down. You ain't shit. Sit down. But, well, but, I, but that's okay. But, my but friend, in high school. And, yes. But and he, AAU, they let him do what he wanted to right, do. Right. Right. Well, that's on coaching. That's. Well, Kay Cunningham was on the team. He see Kay Cunningham balling. So it changes his mindset. Now he's got a ball. He's got a ball. Right. He's got a ball. So it puts a lot of pressure on you. I talk about this a lot because I always try to make people understand, like, when you're the best at something and then all of a sudden you're not as good as you once were, you're still talented, but the work. I'm telling you, Chipper Jones will tell you, when he got to pro ball, they they were scissoring us up. Didn't change who he was. He developed, he learned, but struggle was never part of the conversation. The entire beginning of his speech right there talked about, was based about me at bars is what I thought. Like <laughs> You at bars? <laughs> I spent good at partying and drinking, and now I'm not as good as I once was. But if I put in the work, I can do it. I, what's that song? I'm not as good as I once That's was. Exactly. I'm good once. I ain't as good once. I can well, give you that, baby. Yeah. I can so, give you. I can't give you anything else. My thing. Okay, so we've established that. So I think Texas. I think we can all agree they're it's they're at the minimum of second weekend team in the NCAA tournament. Well, I, I put them in the because I'm an idiot. Yeah, well, you're not the only one. And I'm yeah. the one that said last week that I swear to God to this point, if anyone puts them in there and they make it past the first weekend, you fucking DM me off this podcast. You get fifty percent off. With a special code, I still don't think they're going to be there, but I'm I'm buying into the fucking hype. We're Big Twelve champions, baby. <laughs> but, but but here's the thing: I think everybody who's picking brackets, if you're listening to this Friday morning before the games, um, I think we're going to find out. Everyone's going to find out how fucking good the, the Big Twelve is. Right o- outside of Oklahoma, because I think they didn't they've had they've had some injuries. Right. Um, I think the Big 12 is going to have a great, great first weekend. I'll say that. After that, I'm not too sure. So, touch base real quick. This one I hate talking about. I really hate talking about this because everybody loves him. He's a God, just a great baseball player from Round Rock. Played an amazing outfielder at Round Rock. But Austin Todd, Longhorn, I think this was his fifth year or his senior year, torn labrum, which you never want to hear about that injury in baseball. I think that's three to four months you're out. Maybe longer. That is disappointing, man. I don't even know how to summarize it. Good kid, good family. His mom the other day out in left field, and uh, I was like, well, he gets to come back for his seventh year, so that's good. (laughs) What'd she say? Yeah, we'll be back here next year, I guess. I was like, let's go. Watch one more year. But I was there watching him. That I watched that play when he he was at second and he dove back and he just laid there. And we were like, okay, maybe he dislocated again. Like, he'll be all right. Man, to tear that dude, like, that sucks. He was getting hot. That entire team is hot, dude. Like, some of the, the – you can win some close games. Pierce has them going pretty well. I want to see how we do in Baylor. 
Um, yeah. But we're putting up runs right now, and I dig it. So that injury that he has, they're going to go in, they're going to cut this shoulder open, and they're going to tie everything back up. It will take him five months to be back fully. Whew. Five months to be back fully. Now he's in a different position. We don't know the severity of it. We don't even know when they're going to have the surgery yet. He's having you know, scheduled today. Oh, it's for today? They, uh, oh, okay. They scheduled it yeah. like to, uh, for today or tomorrow or this well, week or something, and he's going to be out for six months. Well, yeah, I was just about to say, for him to be able to come back, it'll be probably around that time. And the biggest question is going to be, as I told you all last week, I watched a kid play for Dallas Baptist that was in his sixth year already. And he was in the lineup and he had a ball almost across the country that, I mean, he just absolutely pissed on it. You know, I sit there and I go, does he want to come back? That's going to be the mindset. That's going to be the thing that he's going to battle. Injuries are no fun. Um, hopefully he has good support. Obviously his mom and dad are, are there for him. And his, but, and his stepdad. And yeah. His step, yeah, you know, his family's there for him. So he needs to make sure that he keeps his mind right and put the work in to get back, whether he plays baseball again or not, put the mind, um, mind right to where you want to play the game. Yeah. And let him tell you now. So it's unfortunate, but I'll tell you what, they've done a good job with Douglas Hodo. And he's hold the door, in. hold yeah. the door. Yeah, he's the legacy. In. That's right. I love it. I love so it. how about DeMar, DeMarvian Overshone? I think that's a labor issue as well. But Texas football. Yeah. He just had surgery too. They, they just lining them up over there. <laughs> Line them up. Hopefully he's going to be okay. I mean, you know, again, same situation. Put the work in. Come back with the mindset to be ready to go by the season yeah. start. Might happen for him. Yeah. So we'll, we'll wrap things up uh, before we start ending some things on a positive note. The Cowboys backup quarterback situation, we'll find out something. I don't think Garrett Gilbert or Danucci is going to be the backup. Uh, I like it. with Garrett. Danucci, yeah. Uncle Rico can go somewhere else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Keep him- <laughs> They can ride with Garrett. I, I feel I feel good, but I just feel politically that Jerry's going to go another direction. I don't know. Since Andy Dalton, one-year yeah. deal with the Bears. Yeah. Well, sorry, Bears fans. Good luck. Bears. Bears. Luck too, That's yeah. the luck to my Bears fans. Bears. So, Bears. Deshaun Watson, who is a class act, has been. Now he's in, has three civil lawsuits with from uh, Massage – therapist who happened to be Asian, apparently. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but I don't know what to make of this situation. Is it a money grab? Is it trying to think? uh, I'm going to say I prefer not to pass judgment on this situation until all the things that's on it. But here's the thing that I do want to mention. Why are we not talking about uh, Chad Wheeler from the Seattle Seahawks. We did talk about Chad Wheeler. Beat up his girl. He was all over the news for about five minutes. He was on there about. That dude needs. Mad Karma needs to hit him in and just whip his ass every day. They talked about. We can't pass. We we know what happened with that. We don't know what happened with Deshaun. Stay out. I'm saying like I'm not there's zero comments made about Deshaun. Yeah, I got zero comments made about like. R.I.P. and 
prayers to everyone who in the Atlanta shooting. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah, man. Like I just call to say I love you. Just call to say I love you. <laughs> as hard time. shows his big buffalo, his big last stand hats, Buffalo. Oh, not a buffalo. It's a big bugs. My bison is in the place, baby. <laughs> hey, you're paying you're paying homage to Big Mike's grandfather. There it is, the there big bison. Bill the bison. So speaking of that, the big bison, he may be a big bison. How about Harge's son makes an appearance? Hey man, tell me something good. Hey, I'll tell you something good, uh, real quick, and then you guys follow up. Hey, listen, man, if you guys don't know, even though we're still in COVID season, this is one of the best times of year in Austin. Great weather, March Madness, South by Southwest on a normal year, and I got the vaccination number one in Lockhart, Texas. And big shout out to our guy, Anthony Geronimo at KI. Uh, this isn't good, but I'm trying to make it good. Um, he did a lot for our community and the sports community media. And just like the local media does with the media conglomerates across the country, cutting back on their staffs, it's a sad, sad trend. Anthony Geronimo, hats off to you. Much love, much respect. 21 years at KI. Shout out to Anthony. Wild, long time now. Yeah. yeah, shout out to Ann. He's one of the best out there. Listen, I got to tell you something good. Sean, I too am vaccinated, so I'm happy about that. Round two was already good. I'm, I'm, I'm in the mix. But my big shout out is for my doctor, Dr. Alan Sonstein. He is retiring from medicine. Today is his 75th birthday as we record this. Wow. The man has been a doctor in this community for a long time. He is a legend. He's practiced forever. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he used to see Moses when Moses was trying to get <laughs> I was, I was going to ask, does that mean you, you can actually start going to a, like a, an adult doctor now and quit going to a pediatrician? I can actually you can actually, you're like, doc, he's like, dude, I haven't seen, it's like stepbrothers. Like, I don't see kids anymore. Hey, doc. But yeah, I want to give a shout out to Dr. Alan Sonstein. He is one of the best doctors out there. Uh, con congratulations on your success. Happy birthday. That's my something good. Um, beautiful. Much, was, much respect. Got my second vaccine today. That's great. Nice. I got to meet one of Sean's ex-girlfriends today as well. So that was super, super, super fun. Tender time. Which is weird. I couldn't figure out why we didn't want to talk about Tinder time, but now I realize it. Clint's tried to play coy. Honesty's always the right path. <laughs> it really is. That I got to meet one of oh one of Sean's lovely ex girlfriends. Now you so met two. Don't work out. <laughs> um, so two. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> So great, great, great. Just, you know, the chemistry was just wasn't I'm not there, part of this. I just, that was something good today. <laughs> he said oh. the chemistry wasn't there. <laughs> I'm done with y'all, man. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Oh my God. Hey, if, if this is Friday morning, you're listening to this, jump on board Stories Man Cave Podcasts, ESPN. 
Fill out your brackets and challenge us. Talk smack. We're all about it. And enjoy the last of your spring break. It's going to be a beautiful weekend. Whenever you're listening to this, man, enjoy life. For the absent Coach Mo, who dat? And Big Mike and Harbo Harge, we out. All to play when you see him in the street. It's time to go down. Peace. We good, player. Hey, I will never, ever, ever be able to replicate the, how funny that moment when you popped back up at Coach Mo and said, or take a damn nap. <laughs> Wake your ass up or go take a damn nap. <laughs> you got Mo hard, man. <laughs> hey, uh, I miss Mo, man. I mean, damn. He says if we do it Wednesday, but. I, I try. I try to do it on Wednesdays. I just there's two Wednesdays in the month. I can't because I'm being Waco. Oh, okay. And uh put so, a little bit of and, and fucking do it. Put a little yeah. bit of George's and get you a big old George is at the bar. Hell, you know what? That's a sponsor idea. Hey, I will do it twice a, a month at your place. Yeah, there you go. Hired Matt Lange the other day, too. You hired him? Yeah, to be our photographer guy on the side. Dude, that guy is talented. Yeah, he's really talented. He's everywhere, too. Um, let's see here. Um, so, so what I'm pitching to people, uh, I'm just going to keep you guys in the loop because you're part of this, a major part of it. Uh, hey, 